You know, Lauren, when we have a repeat guest, it means that that person is a person, well, of great sophistication, of, of class, an engaging storyteller, a person of high wit and intelligence, somebody who just has... Just waiting for someone to fill in the next adjective. Ooh, adjectives. We can talk about Mad Libs in a little bit. Our guest is a repeat guest today. It is Raymond A. Guadani. Former guest who you came and talked about. He's here. He, we just wrapped, so I'm not going to pretend like you're not here. Last time you were here, we talked about your book, The Adventures of the Squeezebox Kid, growing up in Napa in the 50s and 60s. And today we'll be talking about your book. Tuna the Wonder Dog. Tuna the Wonder Dog, which is a, a bit of a continuation. And... Uh, it, it is. It goes from college after after the fifties book ends. It goes to college, law school, first job, back to Napa for law practice, and getting married and having children. Many great stories, some of which we heard just in the previous hour. I hope you'll sit back, listen, and enjoy. In the meantime, Mr. Lorne Mole, what do you have to say? We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at juddshill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. Thanks, Lauren. Yes, uh, visiting information is online, as you said, and we'd love, we'd love to have you visit. Whether you are a Napa native, a Napa neighbor, you're just visiting the area. You know, we will show you a good time. I mentioned in the intro, so you'll hear it again in a moment. Right now, the number one thing to do in Napa via TripAdvisor is a visit to Judd's Hill. So come see what we're all about. We guarantee a good time. And just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's right. So... Get all the wines we make. Get invited to fun things, events, parties. Who knows? I'll be, might, I might even end up in your hometown, and we'll we'll do something together, like drink some wine, get some friends together. The point is, and let me be serious for a moment. We'll have fun. And now, enjoy the show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. For another hero, of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No sales script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Pardon me. I'll have a Chardonnay, a marvelous date, it's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a must-have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. Easier, you can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a cabernet. My buddy's the truth. You should study my man Juddy and learn something new. Hold it. Swirl it. Let it breathe. It grows better with time. What is it? Why, it's Judd's Hill Wine. And now, coming to you live from Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, John Finkelstein. <laughs> Good morning, Lauren Mole. Good to see you, sir. You too, Judd. Thank you for that fine introduction. 
You're welcome. I, I like it very much. I might have to adopt that. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks. You know, I, uh, that could be a nice little tagline we could use at the winery. Maybe we'll put it on our uh, PR material. I'll give you credit, of course. Okay. Very good. Okay, what's going on in the world of Mr. Lauren Mole these days? It's a beautiful, sunny, yet crisp autumn day here in Napa Valley. What's on the mind of Lauren? Jen, you will not believe what happened last Wednesday night Hold at up. the studios of Napa Valley Hold TV. Hold on. Do you see what I'm doing right now? You're uh, adjusting your socks. Well, I'm holding on to them because I have a feeling they're about to get knocked off by whatever you're about to say. Oh, well, <laughs> for the first time for me... Since my transfer to On the Edge with Doris Gentry yeah. because of the cancellation of the Napa show with Ari Party, Doris was absent from her show. She was not there. She was not there. So I'm I am just guessing by your tone and the look on your face. This is this is one of those times when I really sincerely wish that your dream of having a camera in the studio could come true. I've always thought of radio as a theater of the mind. You come up with your own images about what's happening. But the look on your face right now, wide-eyed astonishment, mouth agape, as Mary Poppins might say, close your mouth, Lauren, we are not a codfish. What happened that evening? Well, for the first time ever, I got to work with their official stand-in host, Lee W. Miller, who I believe is also uh, the co-host of a real estate show here on KVON on Mondays. Oh, well, well, well. And how did it go? It must have been great. You look very excited. It wasn't great. It was a success. <laughs> it was an honor to, to get to do live TV with him for the first time ever. And after the show, he sent me a message on Facebook saying, uh, thanks for your energy and great professionalism on the set. Now, wasn't that nice of him? Yes, indeed. That's great. Congratulations. I wish you many, many more successes oh, there and here. You know, it is your professionalism that you exude, that you bring to this very show why I think we have made a good team for the past. How long has it been? It's been more than five years we've been doing this together. More than five together. years, yeah. And I would echo those sentiments that he sent to you. And I believe, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I don't say it enough, but I do say it from time to time, and I have sent you some notes. But thank you, Lauren Mole. This is the time to give thanks, and I want to thank you for being the fine announcer that you are in general, wherever you may be, on the various uh, stations and shows that you work on. But especially for right here, Judd's Napa Valley Show and what you bring to it, I thank you very much. And I would can't imagine doing it without you. Well, that's kind of you, Jen. Thank it, you. It, there's been a few times when either you have uh, had to be absent. That's very rare. Actually, I can't think of a time that you've been completely absent. There have been times when you've maybe had to sneak out because of a other obligation. And it gets it gets a little awkward. I don't I, I don't. You helped me find my way, Mr. Lauren Mole. Thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> you keep it steered. You're the anchor. That keep... Okay, enough. You get yeah. the idea. Okay, so, and by the way, <clears throat> yes. uh, uh, the episode that I did with Lee on uh, on Wednesday, yeah. last week, uh, this is going to be on the archives on NapaValleyTV.org, and uh, for the next few weeks, it will replay at 8 o'clock uh, for the next few Wednesday nights until December 5th. Okay. There, folks can take a look. Thank you. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. That's very cool. Congratulations. You're welcome. So, uh, so what's been going on with you, John? Uh, you know, wrapped up harvest. Uh, things, are, things are cool. The winery is going great. We are still, thank goodness, knock on wood. I think this might be wood over here. Uh, I checked in this morning, as I do from time to time, on TripAdvisor. You know, we're a small family winery. We don't have a big advertising budget or anything like that. So we depend on word of mouth. And folks find us through 
online reviews, and it has been quite some time now where we have been the number one thing to do in Napa Valley on TripAdvisor is a visit to Judd's Hill. Isn't that something? I, I, I think that's pretty cool. I think it is. I, I'm honored by that, and I think it speaks to not only the wine quality. By the way, we just got some very nice scores came in, too, but that's a topic for another time. But I think it's the way we've cultivated the customer experience in our hospitality program as well. So people will have good wine, and they will have a memorable time enjoying that good wine at Judd's Hill. So in this holiday season that we're entering, I would invite all of our Napa neighbors Come on down. You got friends in town. You got family in town. Bring them by. We will show you all a great time, good photo opportunities, and uh, you'll you'll make some good memories there. I did get a note from our friend Leo over at the vacuum shop, sewing back at uh, 2477 Solano Avenue, just north of Lincoln. Uh, or is it just south of Lincoln? Leo, you'll call in and tell us. But it's 2477 Solano and uh, they have some masks. You know, the air is still a bit smoky from the fire. So if anybody needs a mask, he has let me know that he is offering them up there. He, you can get them for free. If you want to leave a dollar, that's great, too. I think it goes to a good cause. Uh, he can tell you when you stop in. But uh, go see Leo at the sewing vac and uh, get a mask if you need one. Thank you for having those, Leo. Always appreciate that. And you had them last year during the big fires as well. So uh, on behalf of the community, thank you for watching out for everybody and making those available. You know, I'm not going to do any more plugs. I don't want to talk about me anymore. We have a guest here who I want to talk about. Okay. He's very interesting. He's got good stories, and I want time to hear them. So would you please do the honors, Mr. Lornmull? A ransacking pirate may want to plunder Grog. And when caught, the punishment for the blunder, flog. Today's guest is a judge who could jail him, but he's turned author. So instead, he'd regale him with stories from his new book, Tuna the Wonder Dog. Ah, Tuna the Wonder Dog. The brand new. It's still warm. I'm holding this. It's, it's warm to the touch, fresh out of the oven. Tuna the Wonder Dog, the new book by our repeat guest, Raymond A. Guadani. Welcome. How are you? Fine, thanks, Jim. All rise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be seated. <laughs> Very good. We had to say, to uh, give a nod, Mr. Lorne Mull, to your, uh, to your past as a uh, superior court judge here in Napa. So um, we went through this last time. I did ask you, do we call you uh, your honor, the honorable? And you said off the bench, Ray is okay. Correct. Okay. Okay. So we'll get that out of the way. You got a new book. We uh, spoke last. You had uh, The Adventures of the Squeezebox Kid, which is your book about growing up here in Napa. You're a Napa native. You've been here uh, for most of your life. It sounds like with just a break to go to uh, Cal and then uh, law school in San Francisco and then back to Napa again. And, and there's wonderful stories about growing up in the 50s and 60s in that book. And this is a bit of a a bit of a continuation with you and your dog Tuna. Well, tell us all about this and what the inspiration was. And uh, I'm shall I make my confession right now? Okay, I'm holding this book. I'm going to prove. I'm, I'm going to flip the pages. So you know that is the book. It couldn't be any other book. That's only that book. I own a copy. I went to your uh, talk at the Napa Library. You read some stories. I bought a copy with the intent, this was a week ago, to read it as I read your other book before you came in. And we went out of town for a few days and I left it on the kitchen table. So here's my confession. 
so as I don't come across as disingenuous, I haven't read the book. Uh, I heard you read some of the stories. I think it's a great uh, concept, but would you please share it and inform me and my listeners as to what this book is all about? Yeah, sure, Jed. <clears throat> You're forgiven for not uh, reading it. <laughs> Thank you, Judge. Um, and I do appreciate you being present at the library. That was great. I really enjoyed that. I appreciate this. You had a full house, too. It was a good, I had to park a couple a blocks away show. just to get in the door. Yeah. You got a... You got a, a rabid fan base here in Napa. <laughs> there, mostly the retired judges were there, as I noted, <laughs> and they seemed rabid. They were yeah. fall foaming at the mouth. But yes, <laughs> anyway, uh, you're correct that uh, this is sort of a continuation. The growing up in the '50s and early '60s uh, ends uh, with me in high school. This continues um, past uh, um, Napa College to Cal Berkeley. Uh, entering the Cal Berkeley campus was a real stark contrast to a little Napa High um, uh, small town. So, and I was um, pretty lonely there, especially on a big campus. You you can see groups of uh, guys and gals walking together, friends chatting it up, and being alone on the campus. You can be very lonely on a on a big big campus. So I, yeah. I got a dog, yeah. and I was. Um, in a co-op called Cloyne Court, and I saw a little advertisement on the on the bulletin board, and uh, so I went to that house, and they were it was a, a couple that lived there. They were sort of what we would call hippies, and I went in, and there was a whole basket of little puppies, huh. and unbeknownst to me, I had the pick of the litter, and so I took this little black uh, lab. He uh, was a lab slash Springer Spaniel, and. Uh, Put him right on the floor and faced faced him and fell in love with him right away and uh, took him with me and the oh. rest is history. And that was Tuna the Wonder Dog. Tuna the Wonder Dog was yes. that the full name? Did you re- refer to him as Tuna the Wonder Dog or uh, T- Tuna the Wonder Dog uh, became his name after a series of tricks that I taught him. Uh, I would introduce him as Tuna the Wonder Dog. Oh, I see. Yeah. Did you, all right. So last time you were here, we talked about your history as a musician and. Uh, Working with the accordion and having even television appearances and uh, other other great events, playing for royalty. So, did you work up an act with the dog? Is that what you're saying? You learned tricks, and did you take the dog on stage? Did you ever do musical accompaniment on your accordion while the dog? See if I had read the book, maybe I know the answer to this. But. <laughs> yeah, the answer is no on the musical okay. accompaniment. Uh, but we did work up an act that we played uh, before uh, roommates and friends. All right. Yeah. Do, do we get to hear a bit about what this act might have been like? Uh, sure. I would introduce him as a Tune of the Wonder Dog. It, it went something like, and I'm, I don't have it in front of me, but it was like um, the Spanish call him El Fabuloso. The French call him Le Magnifique. Uh, but in uh, the United States, he's known as simply Tune of the Wonder Dog. I love and it. then he would come on to stage, uh, the stage being the living room of my house, mm-hmm. and he would perform warm-up tricks like sitting Speaking, sitting up, rolling over, uh, fetching, jumping into my arms. Uh, We worked a lot on those things. But then uh, over the years, uh, he evolved. uh, And I have to admit, I I did – there was one called uh, Look for for Airplanes Tuna. And that was simply him sitting by my side and I would uh, kind of – conceal my arm and scratch him uh, in his back. And he loved that. He'd go into ecstasy and just kind of look up in the sky. So it looked like he was looking for airplanes. But probably the best trick was clear the table tuna, 
which was a trick that happened just by chance. Uh, I called him over in the morning, and he came running. He was in a playful mood, and he jumped up. He could really jump. It was like a superpower, his vertical leap. And he jumped up and hit the tablecloth and was skidding all the way across the table, knocked my coffee and my paper into me and fell off the other side. And uh, it it was kind of horrifying when it first happened, and I, I never thought I would replicate the trick, but... After about a month, I thought, gee, maybe he could do it if I set it up in a more safe manner. And that's how it was born. Wow. Really? Truly a wonder dog. And you two had quite some time together. I mean, close to – the dog lived a long time. Yes, close to 18 years, right? Yes, 17 and a half years from 1967 to 1984. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. And uh, for many uh, of uh, those years, he was my – my only partner i mean my my guy <laughs> and uh we he, he saw me through college at cal and hastings law school my first job in stockton as a public defender for three years and then back to napa to open my practice i i got married in napa and uh also um i'm sorry i was actually married in stockton but we came to napa and and then uh, we had children and that's about the extent of his life so he saw me through all of those stages that's amazing to have that companion, to have yeah. that connection. And is it true that uh, Tuna, you said you got because it went to school, you're a lonely guy, which I can totally relate to growing up in St. Helena and ending up at a school of 45,000 people and yikes. But he did lead you to a person who would then become your life partner. Uh, that's true. In fact, um uh, my wife was quoted as saying, thank goodness for Tuna, our children needed him to introduce their father to me. And so I met my wife uh, through Tuna. Could we hear that story, please? Uh, yes, I, I, I don't like I don't like to brag. But, Go ahead. Uh, but uh, I was sort of a hero in this episode. Um, <laughs> Tuna was out being walked on, on the leash uh, mm-hmm. at about 6.30 in the morning because I had had an eye doctor's appointment. My eyes were dilated. I had those stupid little cardboard sunglass uh, glasses wearing. I had a trench coat because it was really cold out. And I, um, I, th- I think I must have looked like a narcotics officer um, <laughs> to anyone who was up at that hour. Sh- sure enough, uh, Anne, my, this beautiful woman I hadn't met yet, was out. Uh, she lived in the flat below me and was out, and we hadn't met. And she was emptying her garbage in her nightgown. And I I didn't really notice um, uh, because I was walking Tuna, but I left him off the leash, and he ran straight over to her, and he sort of jumped on her leg and I think terrified her. So I stumbled over there because I couldn't see well, and I pried him off of her. And I think uh, she was so grateful that she accepted my invitation uh, to go out to coffee, and that's how it started. Wow, Tuna. Yeah. Life-changing moment right there. Right there. Isn't it amazing yeah. to, to be able to identify those moments and remember them so clearly? And Because of my dog. That's yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful that also you've been able to put these down on paper for not only your family to enjoy for generations, but you know all of us. Because they really are compelling and intriguing stories. Are there some that you would like to maybe share at this moment? I'll kind of... You know, let you spin the wheel and whatever it lands on if you want to share a story. Sure, sure I'd be happy to. I do want to say that this is not a children's book. It's a memoir. Uh, and I also want to say that 
many of the chapters in here deal with misadventures, but mm. my, my favorite times with Tuna were the normal times where he would just be with me uh, at my feet uh, sleeping and I could watch him. It was very calming. You know, yeah. we'd watch a football game or a movie, but I looked down at him and his little cheek would flap for he'd be in some dream. <laughs> Those are my favorite times. But, yeah, uh, it, there were many misadventures. Uh, once before law school started, I was living in San Francisco for, for the week before. It was a beautiful day in San Francisco, so I took him to Baker's Beach, and I was—I uh, had just set down our towel, and I had a, 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 some cold beer in a cooler, and it was so beautiful. I was looking at the ocean, and I felt a warm spray on me, and it, it didn't make sense because I was looking at the ocean, and the spray was on my back. Okay. And then I heard people laughing, and I kind of looked around and saw Tuna, who had hiked his leg and was spraying the entirety of my back, uh, kind of staking me out to other people that I was his property. Um, it was humiliating, <laughs> and I immediately left the beach after being there for no more than 60 seconds. Now here's another time I'd like to have the webcam so the, the, the <laughs> listeners could see the look on the, the faces of Lauren and, and me <laughs> in this kind of utter disgust and shock. Oh, Tuna. Yeah. There, there is something, uh, I, and I didn't talk about this at the uh, library, but t- Tuna, I let, I let him – these were different times. Uh, you know, you should always have your dog on a leash and walk with him. Mm-hmm. But I was a student getting ready for school, and I'd let him out. And uh, he always came back. He, he would, like, I don't know what – he would do his thing and come back, uh, and except for one time. He didn't come back. Uh-oh. And so I was very worried, and I circled. I got in my car, circled, couldn't find him. My roommates, and this was law school, all helped me look for him, and he didn't come back. I started calling the pound in San Francisco. I ended up being on a first-name basis with them, uh, oh. n- never came back. And three and a half m- months later, three and a half months later, oh. he was at my door. What? And he was much heavier. He was very fat. And he was a lean dog. And I saw, I could only see his back as I drove up. And he was scratching at my door, which was a big building with many doors, you know, many f- three or four flats. And he found He was in the middle. He, found he, was, your door. he found my door. He was scratching. And I, I even said to a roommate, you know, except for him being obese, that looks like tuna. But it can't be. You know, I, I, I gave up by yeah. three and a half months. And then I called him and he turned around. He just came running. And he he, he had been taken by a 12-year-old girl. And uh, he, and she had a name tag on him. His name was Peter and, uh, <laughs> and a phone number, all of which I should have done. Uh, so I called her father and talked to him and straightened it out. Had I had to bring pictures over. Yeah, and, I'll bet that it, girl probably didn't want to oh, give him back after she three didn't, and a half months. She didn't. But he had remained cooped up, and she, she fed him well, and yeah. he had no exercise, and he was really heavy. But I got him back. Oh, that that is incredible. I, I, I you know, pets can be so loyal and remarkable the way they can find. Yeah, find we've well another story for another time. I yeah. want to focus on you. I've got one about a cat who found his way back to us after some time. But remind me another time to tell that story, Lauren. I'm looking at the time. Of, no, we got a few minutes before we can take a break. So, what inspired you to write? This and and even your other book, like what has inspired you to sit down and put all your stories to paper? Uh, on the tuna book, it's it was um, I realized I told so many tuna stories, um, you know, all these adventures that we had together, and sometimes uh, he might be the 
only person on my side in a particular uh, situation. And so he was my loyal buddy. I, no matter what kind of day I had, it would be like I won the World Series when I got home. He was just wow. always loved to see me. So I told so many stories. I thought, you know, I think I'll just reduce them to writing. Mm-hmm. And so that's what was behind that. As far as growing up in the 50s and 60s, um, I, I just had uh, very many fond memories of, of um, my friends and and um, our playing sports together and the adults who were so kind. Um, I just uh, I just enjoyed that time and and maybe maybe that's natural to look back on good times at least and 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 even elevate them. But I loved it so much I wanted to write about it. It's wonderful. Do you have a uh, particular discipline? You know, a lot of folks, you know, I talk to or I hear about, they've they've got great stories, but just to get to sit down and write them takes a certain something, whether it's discipline, motivation, personality. What what got you to sit down and, and do it? I, th- I think the fact that I retired uh, gave me more time. <laughs> Little time, and, yeah. Uh, and the invention of the computer, and with more time, I could just devote a certain amount uh, every day to it. Uh, it it, ha- it hasn't been straight through, though. That, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, that's been some of the problems is I would remember something to put in there, and I realized I wrote it two months before in another chapter oh. be- because I, I wasn't able to just uh, do that with other uh, activities. Lots of good editings for, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it's great. Certainly for anybody who's interested in Napa history and a lot of locals. And yeah, sometimes I still consider myself a newcomer, even though I've been here 40 something years. But to, to, to read, well, as I said, I'm, I'm going to get to this book very soon. But, but reading your previous book, The Adventures of the Squeeze Box Kid, it, it's really brought another era to life because so many of the places I remember our conversation and you peppered it with all these locales that, you know, I'd heard about, but you know, aren't there anymore, and some that are, which it's kind of nice to know that the, that part of our history is is still alive and thriving. Um, so thank you, on again, you. on behalf of the community. really do appreciate that. Um, we will take a little break right now, and we'll come back, and we can keep talking about this. We've got other stuff we can talk about. Um, our guest is Ray Guadani. He is uh, the author of not only The Adventures of the Squeezebox Kid, his life growing up in Napa in the 50s and 60s, but now his brand new book, Tuna the Wonder Dog. And it's a pleasure to talk to you. So what do you say, Lauren? This courtroom is now in recess. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after this. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Remain seated and come to order. Judd's Napa Valley Show is back in session. Thank you, Mr. Lauren Mole. Of course, uh, being very formal in that sense, because our guest is Raymond A. Guadani, a.k.a. Ray, when he is uh, here with us, but uh, formerly Napa Superior Court Judge. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Right now, we're speaking about your brand new book called Tuna the Wonder Dog, about your life with this fabulous pooch who uh, accompanied you through, sounds like undergrad, law school. Uh, beyond your life as a lawyer, uh, getting married. I mean, this dog was through all these important phases of your life, and there's some wonderful stories in here. And where can folks find this? I would imagine right here in Napa, Napa Book Mine. <clears throat> yes, Napa Book Mine and Copperfield. Great, great. So, folks, uh, <clears throat> and um, and uh, online as well, and Amazon, uh, if if you care. But we like to keep yeah. things. 
keep things local. But if you if you if you're online, it's it's available there as well. You were sharing some great stories. Are there any other uh, ones that you would like to uh, share about tuna uh, at yeah. the moment? You know, some teasers. Sure. There was a, a time where uh, it was actually a pretty traumatic time for me. Uh, we were uh, going on a hike up, and it was a little pocket between a the Langley Porter Psychiatric Center and residences. And this pocket uh, was narrow from the street, but it went up to a, a, a wide uh, opening of a forest. And I had decided this would be a nice place to uh, take tuna. Uh, I could take him off the leash. The street was behind us. He went up the mountain. It would be wonderful. And so that's what the idea was. But as I took him off the leash, a bird flew over ahead, and Tuna just couldn't resist birds. So he took off like a shot, mm-hmm. and he went toward the psychiatric center as the, the bird had flown. And he jumped this little, what looked like a little curb, but it was actually a 25-foot drop oh. uh, below because it was a circular driveway to oh the gosh. center. And I was just horrified. I ran over to the curb. Uh, poor Tuna uh, was still running in midair, realized he couldn't fly, and just plunged to the to the bottom of the cement driveway. And he was just sprawled. I ran down the hill to get around to the driveway, and he, he was motionless. And uh, my heart was pounding, and I thought, uh, you know, this is the end. Mm. And I was kind of praying, please be okay. And I got there. He still was motionless but breathing. And I started talking to him. I don't know why, but just trying sure. to comfort him. Yeah, of um, course. And then I reached down and patted him. After, you know, it seemed like an hour, but it was a probably 10 seconds, he he got, got up on his own. I didn't want to pick him up. I didn't know how injured he may have been. Mm-hmm. But he did get up, but he was, his equilibrium was very much off, and he was stumbling and staggering and started to walk toward the street. And so I went and stopped him and uh, felt him, and he didn't cry when I touched him. I saw no blood and no broken bones that I could tell. And so I went on an emergency visit on a Sunday to San Francisco Vet, which was, uh, as a student, was very expensive. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. But uh, the good news was, except for the vet bill, he was spectacularly wonderful, nothing wrong. The the vet thought there could be some internal bleeding, but that I should just watch him closely and he could come home with me. We never went back. Really? He really, truly was a wonder dog. He was a wonder dog. He was. And he had the superpower of vertical leap, but the, this time it worked yeah. against him. Yeah, 25 feet down. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank goodness he was uh, he was okay and you got many more years. Many of, more years. Of companionship yeah. with yeah. him. Wonderful. Again, Tuna, the Wonder Dog is the name of the book. I'm not wrapping it up. I'm just plugging again because I think everyone would be interested. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond Tuna, you you have some other renown we should talk about. We spoke a little bit about your musical career in the past. But something I don't think we got to is I was looking around and I remember hearing about this and reading as well. A couple of years ago on NPR, you had a little bit on there taking a reporter around Napa talking about the Italian history and one of Napa's great contributions to culinary culture came out of the Italian population here, and that is our beloved Malfatti. Yes. And you you have some um, – would you like to share? We haven't talked about this before. Would you like to share a little history of how this came about and what you had to say about that? 
Yeah, sure. It was a few years ago when this uh, very nice lady reporter, investigative reporter, had somehow heard of this, and someone had told her to talk to me, and uh, I I referred her to Clemente Satoni, the um, the chef at the Depot restaurant for years, mm-hmm. um, who succeeded the Tamborelli sisters, and he uh, did make the Malfatti's even today does at Val's Liquor. And so I tried to give her the story as best I could, but of course, um, Clemente uh, filled her in on the whole history of it, which was, it was ravioli time when uh, Miss Tamborelli was making dinner. This is even before Clemente, back in the, I, I believe, uh, 40s or 30s. And Somehow they forgot the flour, so they couldn't make the ravioli. So she took the innards and rolled them up like a little Jimmy Dean sausage and served them that way. And uh, malfati means mistake. And so that's uh, (laughs) what she called it. And um, that's how they were born. And they've been really popular. And both sisters... Their their the their descendants became the depot and uh, Lawler's Liquor because uh, uh, one of the daughters worked there. And okay, well that's good to know. I was wondering how they came to Lawler's Liquor. I know the story about Clemente's because he had been at the depot, and the depot is where this culinary sensation was born. And so it was natural. Then if he moved over to the kitchen at Val's Liquors, it would be served there. But I see them at Lawler's as well. So that's that's the connection. Yeah, there's a long history there. Yeah. And if you go on, I I always preferred the depots uh, over Lawler's because Lawler's to me seemed more of a tomato base instead of meat base. Mm. But if you go online, I finally did to see uh, <laughs> because I have friends who love Lawler's way more than Clemente. I've never gotten in the middle of this one, but yeah. I know I know there are these debates. Hopefully, no violent fistfights or anything broken out. I couldn't or duels, tell any. There, nothing seemed that that it would be violent, but okay. uh, it was about a fifty fifty split. There oh. there are some fans on each side of the uh, the argument, and I think it's great that I don't know if Lawler's does this, but at uh, at Clemente's at Val's, you you bring your own pot, yes, and they fill your pot with yes. malfatti yes. or ravioli or whatever it is, Wh- which happened. 40, 50 years ago when my mom would give me a pot from our house and I would go to the back door of the depot. Uh, that's just wonderful. I love that. That's so homey. It's like yeah. just such a hometown thing yeah. to do. So folks, you know, I don't have a specific link to send folks to, but it's definitely worth a listen or a read. It's transcribed. But if you you just, you know, do an internet search for Ray Guadani, and again, the spelling of your name, we, we kind of joked about this last time. I, I said, uh, I asked you if you knew Bill Juni up in St. Helena of Juni's Deli, and you said you didn't know him, but his line, someone said, how do you spell that? He's like, just like it sounds, G-I-U-G-N-I, <laughs> Juni, you know. So, you know, it can be tricky if you don't know uh, Italian spelling, but uh, Guadani is, uh, well, Ray is spelled just like, really just like it sounds, R-A-Y. Correct. And then Guadani, G-U-A-D-A-G-N-I. So put that in your search bar with the word Malfatti, M-A-L-F-A-T-T-I, and you'll get the uh, NPR story that you are a part of, which is, which is very cool. We've got, you know, we got Thanksgiving coming up, and something I was really struck by, uh, you know, doing a little research on you for the last appearance is that uh, as a as a judge, and you did a lot of family law cases, uh, including adoptions, which we we talked about how wonderful that was. What really struck me is you you baked a cake at the 
what was it called? The was it a ceremony at the basically the it, it making was, the adoption official? Correct. The the it was the last uh, proceeding where the adoption was finalized. Finalized. Thank you. You personally baked a cake. You didn't. I mean, you could have just gone to a store and bought a cake, and that would have been above and beyond and memorable, and people would have been touched. But you personally baked cakes for all of these. Uh, all of these adoptions, which yeah, I don't that brings a little tear to my eye just thinking about it. That's very emotional. It's very sweet. Um, do we got Thanksgiving coming up? Do you continue this tradition? I know you're not on the bench anymore, but uh, does the fam have you honed your skill? Do you do the baking for the family get-togethers? No, and I, I hate to admit this after that buildup. Oh, um, <laughs> I did bake the cakes for the adoptions, but they were just. Um, I had a partner, Betty Crocker. Oh, you know. So they were just box cakes. Um, and I seem to recall you fessed up to that as well. Okay. And to me, that makes zero difference. It's really, this really is truly one of those times where it's the thought that counts. Because, I mean, how many people in your position would, or maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but how many judges give a cake? To celebrate is that, or is that a tradition? I don't know. It is. It, it, it is. It is. Uh, okay, I, so I I started the tradition. Oh, okay. so I'm very proud go. of that. Well, there but, you go. And and uh, some of the my colleagues would give me a a bad time about that. I got to bake a cake now. You know, they would complain, but they all. But love you started it. something, so they yeah. they do this now, yeah. and still. we give out a little teddy bear. Uh, one thing that was Wonderful. very Wonderful. touching to me was at the book read last t- Tuesday, yeah, or a week ago yeah, a week at the ago. library. Mm-hmm. Two of the uh, babies that I performed the finalization of the adoption had now, of course, grown to be young kids. And their mothers and these children were there with pictures of the adoption. Uh, One brought his teddy bear that we gave out. (laughs) And it it was just – it made the evening for me. It was just wonderful. They were so nice to be there and come up to me and and bring that up. That is so sweet. You made such a positive impact on these people. And – Oh, boy. Here I go. No, I'm feeling emotional. I think that's very sweet. As you know, um, being kind, the the notion of being kind is very uh, important to me and my family, and uh, you certainly embody that. So, again, another thank you for um, being kind. Uh, But you don't do the Thanksgiving baking. No, no. no. My do, wife do you get is, involved at all? Are you a cook? Or? Uh, my wife likes me to stay away mostly, <laughs> uh, although she'll let me be the sous chef sometimes. She'll let me chop things. Okay. And uh, But she's really good, and uh, she does all the cooking. And but, Did you have a background in cooking at all? For the times before 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 Tuna the Wonder Dog introduced you to your future wife, were you a, a cook at all? You or? know, I collected uh, recipes and made a binder and had certain go-to things that I would make. I, I make a good risotto, which was um, what my mom made. She was from that part of Italy that was famous for their risotto. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll have to talk to you. I've tried to do risotto with varying results. There is a call. This could be a, a robo call. Who knows? Should we should we should we try? Sure. Actually, you don't have headphones. You might not be able to hear this, but let's try. Let's see what happens. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, Judd. Oh, it's my mother. Uh, Your mother. Lauren, is there an extra pair of headphones you could uh, swap over there, or I can relay the message? Oh, hi, Mom. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I just wanted to tell you that you chose your guest the day be- or two days before Thanksgiving very, very wisely, because Ray's a guy we should all be thankful for. 
Oh, that's very sweet. I'll relay the message. We don't. Please relay the message. Wasn't expecting. I should just now expect that you're going to call and have headphones for my guests. But I, <laughs> I am Bye, going to relay. Oh, run. oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Bye. All right. Sorry you couldn't hear that, but yeah, that was my mother, and she said uh, we couldn't have picked a better guest for two days before Thanksgiving because you are somebody we can all be thankful. Oh, wow. There you go. From Bunny Finkelstein herself. Thank you. And, um, you know, I think that's how you earned your nickname, The Hanging Judge. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're fun to hang out with. Yeah, that's it. You're a good guy. Do you have another book in you? You've, You have so many stories, and I would imagine just on the legal side, in fact, one of your most prominent cases, at least that folks in Napa know about, was the, which we touched on briefly last time, was the long unsolved, I think you said it was 37-year unsolved murder mystery, which was on the minds of pretty much everybody here in Napa because there was physical, the the, the physical, what do you want to call it, of uh, the, the crime scene. Remnant, the, yeah. the crime scene was there for the entire 37 years. Correct. The old Fagiani's uh, bar. Right. which then became the Thomas and now is getting redone into something else. But for 37 years, it remained exactly as it was the night of the murder. It just got shut down and was there in the midst of bustling, thriving Napa. And you presided, once they were able to identify uh, the suspect, you presided over the uh, the case. Correct. Yeah. It, it There's got to be a book in that. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm planning on uh, finishing what I've already started. I've, oh, the, okay. I've started it already. Oh, you, okay, yeah. well, so I wasn't too far off. No, I actually got one know. right here. Yeah. Uh, any teaser you want to give us about that or just hang on, folks? And, yeah, I uh, would say hang on. It's a, it's a ways from okay. being done. Okay, well, that's. I'm glad you're writing something because that is certainly of interest to uh, Nappins and I'm sure any true crime uh, buff. Um, I'm sure our district attorney would enjoy, only because she was on this show and talked about how she really enjoys uh, true crime uh, stories and podcasts and stuff like that, and this will hit home. So, um, ooh, maybe we can get you both on and talk about that. That'd be great. Anyway, uh, keep me in the loop. Um, Lauren, I'm going to turn to you, and okay. I'm going to turn to our guest. I'm going to turn to both of you at the same time. That's hard to do. I think I just pulled a muscle. And say, <laughs> uh-oh. It's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Lib. That's right. It's our favorite fill-in-the-blank word game, and we are going to be playing here with Ray Guadani, author, retired Superior Court judge, and now Mad Lib's player. Are you ready? You know how this goes. We're going to fill in the blanks. Yes, I I know how it goes. My children like it uh, when we're traveling. Here we go. I need an adjective from you. Adjective. Yeah. Mm, verbose. Verbose. Okay. Which is a good thing when you're a talk show guest. You got to be a little verbose. A noun. In this case, a thing. Noun. A thing. Yeah. Restroom. Restroom. You got that. How about a verb ending in ing? Good old gerund there. Okay. Uh, ing ending. Yeah. Swinging. Swinging. Just listening to that Mel Torme tune, Swinging on the Moon, the other day. That's a good one. Adjective. Another adjective. Smelly. <laughs> now you're channeling your grandkids. Not that they're smelly, but I'm just right. saying what the, the way they would answer. Right. Yeah, you're smelly grandkids. No, 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 of course. We, we love your grandkids. A state of being. Guilty. <laughs> From the judge himself. Okay. 
I think I'm just going to write guilt. Is that okay? Just that's I'm reading fine. this. I think that's going to fit there. Okay, that's guilt. Fine. All right, another adjective. Sticky. Sticky. A verb past tense. Uh, run, uh, run, ran away. Ran away. I like that. Let's see how that fits in. And then two in a row, more adjectives. Sweaty and icky. Sweaty and icky. You got it. Okay. Earlier today, I um, – now your book, uh, Tune of the Wonder Dog, and your previous book, Adventures of the Squeezebox Kid, both available locally at Copperfields and uh, Napa Book Mine. So, folks, go out and get those. They are available online if you can't get out of the house. So I was online at Amazon.com and was looking at the reviews for your recent book, Tune of the Wonder Dog. And you have just rewritten one of these uh, reader reviews of your own book. Are you ready to hear this? I'm ready. Okay. Well, it starts off, five stars, a truly wonderful don't miss book. That's pretty good. I like that. Should I stop there? Or should I? Keep I think going? we should stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to stop. Sorry. Here we go. I never rate a book with five stars, but this book is verbose in a surprising way. <laughs> it's not just a restroom story. <laughs> oh, it's a swinging of age and more story. <laughs> I kind of like that. That's funny. Okay, it's a swinging of age and more story about a smelly boy growing into guilt and then some. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, I, I, how do I say stop? <laughs> stop. Well, we can't You're do killing that. killing me. I'm sorry. Well, we don't want that to happen. Let's see if we can milk some humor out of this. Okay, the quote goes on. I laughed at the sticky parts, and I ran away in the touching parts. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's good. That's, That's how good. I handle things. That's great. <laughs> okay. And uh, this person continues. It's sweaty and icky, and I wanted the story to keep going. <laughs> there you go. That's one of the best. <laughs> it's a great review. Amazon review. You know what? In fact, uh, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you that review. Oh, you thank can, you. Uh, Makes me want to buy it. <laughs> well, there you yeah. go. And where can one buy this book? Uh, I've already forgotten where I said I, uh, folks could get I'd this. I'd be happy to refresh If you wouldn't mind. Yes. Uh, the Book Mine uh, in Napa here and, and also Copperfield in Napa. Great. Uh, the Bel Air Shopping Centers for Copperfield and on – I think it's Clay Street or Pearl Street. Pearl. Uh, Pearl Napa Bookmine. Uh, it's Napa Bookmine. Fantastic. And uh, and and can folks? Is there a website or Facebook where folks contact you? Or are you yeah. being who you are? Stay off social media. Yeah, um, I I don't want to be on Facebook uh, as a judge, and I'm actually still a an assigned judge, so I, oh. st- I still can serve. Uh, however, my wife created a. A Facebook um, author uh, Facebook site, which I I can't even tell you how to get on it. But, <laughs> okay, uh, but my wife checks it for me. Then never mind. I would just imagine your name, maybe uh, Ray Guadani, yeah. yeah. author, Tune of the Wonder Dog, right. The Adventures of the Squeezebox Kid. That's one it. of those. Yeah. That and, should do it. And Anne'll will get to you somehow if you get on. Uh, it has uh, once again been an honor and a, and a privilege to speak with you. Always a good guest. Glad to have you back for the uh, second time and look forward to the third time when the next book comes out. Thank you, Thank you very much, Jed, for having me. Have a wonderful holiday. Uh, whoever's baking, I'm sure it's going to be delicious. And, you know, I didn't even ask Lauren. If you don't mind, I'm just going to turn. I've got about a minute. I want to turn to Lauren for a sec because I usually ask you what you're going to be doing for Thanksgiving and if you get in on the cooking and all that. So what's happening this year, sir? I'm actually working on Thanksgiving. Oh, you are. Well, 
what are your hours if folks want to come by Knob Hill and say hi while they get their last-minute uh, cup of sugar and uh, butter and that kind of stuff? Uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Oh, so you will get out hopefully in time to join the family. and I will. Okay, that's good. Well, you're going to be working. I was going to ask if you're going to get in on the cooking, but probably not this year so much, huh? Actually, my mom says she has a turkey. She, she's going to take care of it. Okay, well, Ruth, we will look forward to the report on uh, the delicious turkey. And uh, to everyone out there, have an absolutely wonderful holiday. Keep in mind, there's, there's, there's always something to be thankful for if you focus in on that. And I wish for you to have whatever it is that you are thankful for. Um, just be very present in your life. So uh, with that, thanks for listening. And Mr. Lauren Mole. This courtroom is now adjourned. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Amar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.